best part of the week right here. Even when it's... We don't know if it's going to happen or not. What are you talking about? Recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the little fires everywhere? Just a couple scenes. Actually, the chick that plays her as young as young is actually pretty hot too. She's, she's awesome. He's in, she was in that show Chicago. Remember, we were reading about Jason Mitchell. His oh, issue. that was her. Huh. <gasps> oh, really? He was a, he was harassing her. Yeah, Tiffany Boone, and she was also in um, that that Amazon show, Hunters. She's in there. She's a black girl. Oh, I haven't gotten to that yet. Is that the Nazi hunters? Yeah. Yeah, that's still on our list. Good. There's so much TV. It's not a bad thing. We ran out of Steven Universe. Yeah, it's a good show. Well, we the ne- the le- re- most recent season is not um, streaming. Re- most recent or, and last. And final, yeah. Are you watching that? Do you watch that, Tim? Not regularly, but I've seen it. I think this should be content, so we should get going. Okay. We are going. (laughs) All right. Ready? Welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who are made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Kim. Kendon. Hey, guys. We're a little bit late. (laughs) Nothing much. We're a little bit late, but I think our friends are going to be happy to hear from us. Um, It's been a week. It's been a long week. How have you been, Tim? I've been good. Another week down. Doing all right. Hanging in there. How was your Richard Simmons workout? I didn't actually do the workouts. (laughs) Okay, so friends, we're going to have to delay Richard Simmons so that Tim can do the workout. No, that's why we're delaying it so I can do the workout. I'm not not doing the workout. You got to do the workout. No, no, you you, you really do have to. I I even did did some of it. You got to do the workout. I watched a lot of Richard Simmons interviews. I did that. That's the interesting thing about this, this upcoming episode is that I think we're all going to be bringing something different because I was listening to some of the podcast about him missing, him being missing for a while. I watched his uh, talk show. He's a dream maker. Uh, I saw people get their dreams made true. We'll say this for when we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so friends, we're going to delay Richard Simmons so that Tim can do his workout. If you haven't done your workout yet, it's still, there's still time. So you can either do uh, sweat until the oldies, which is based in the eighties. Or you can do Sweat Until the Oldies 2, which was also in the 80s. <laughs> or you can do any of the others and you'll still get the idea. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so instead, this week we're going to do something different. Uh, what are we going to talk about, you guys? My neighbor Totoro. 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 My neighbor Totoro. It's a continuation of my obsession with uh, Miyazaki movies. Yes, and we are going to talk about it in a little bit. We'll put the timestamp in the show notes if you want to jump straight to it. And we're going to do a little bit of intro and catching up. So first, we're going to go back to the 80s. Kendon, will you roll the die for us so we know what color we need? <laughs> Such a How do we start in the middle again? I don't know. One, two, three. No more orange. <laughs> orange is <laughs> stranger things. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Who would have thought I would say no more orange? Okay. What kind of crop fell victim to a strange rotting phenomenon in season two? Was it corn? I don't remember at all. I know the answer to this one. 
Wait, well, hmm. what type of crop would they have out in Hawkins, Indiana? Corn. Potatoes? Potatoes, nah. Corn. Potatoes not a crop, right? It's got to be something that stands like upright, I feel like, because that makes it more dramatic. So I'm going to go with corn. It's pumpkins. So my the pumpkins were rotten. And remember, it was like right around Halloween. So it made sense. Like all kinds of, all kinds of crazy. Right, I, want a, I want another chance. Nope. I already got one for you. Or yes, okay. you get another chance. Um, what sitcom's first episode featured former baseball player blank and his daughter blank moving in with blank and her son blank? Who's the boss? Yeah. Can you tell me the names that were blanked? No. Nope. <laughs> Come on, guys. You can do it. No, no. I Who's our main character? Who's the boss? I didn't watch that show. Yeah, I didn't watch it regularly. Tony something? Yes, Tony. 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 Tony Who's Tony's daughter? You don't have to have full names. Who's Tony's daughter? I absolutely do not know. Alicia, whatever her name is. Alyssa Milano. I don't know. Plays... I do. You might as well read the answer. Come on, yeah. <laughs> we don't Sam, know. Sam, Samantha. Okay. And the woman whose house it is. None of this is gonna jar my memory. Yeah, none of, I didn't watch the show. Blonde lady Angela. Who's the boss, Tony or Angela? Angela. I don't blame you for not remembering Jonathan. So, do you remember? <laughs> but you gotta know Sam, Tony, We just and watched through all of Community, but Tim, do you remember the episode where Abed? So there's a teacher who's teaching who's the boss, like 101. And it's all about, oh, we're going to discuss who is the boss. And Abed, like, proves definitively that Angela is the boss, like, mathematically. And, like, all over the – and then the teacher almost quits. But then what yeah. he, he pulls out a book for what's happening or something. Some other show. Some other show. All right, you guys can get this one. In what 1982 horror film does an alien organism that – quote, imitates other life forms perfectly, unquote, terrorize an Antarctica research station. We've done this movie. It's a thing. A remake of what movie? Uh, the Thing from Outer Space. The Thing from Outer Space. All right, Antarctica. Why has Antarctica had no cases of COVID-19? Because nobody lives there permanently. Because it's all isolated. No. We kind of said that anyways, didn't we? <laughs> you realize that, like, how restrictive Antarctica is? Like, there's all of these treaties about pe- there's no permanent living there. And, yeah. like, you have to take everything out. They Like, they freeze. You have to freeze your poop and take it with you. Okay. I cannot wait to get into what we've been watching. So, let's wait, wait, hurry up and get on. to the news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's talk- a good point. That's yeah. a good point, Shalit. Okay. But the one other thing is, it is not a solid landmass. Antarctica is actually a, uh, an archipelago. It's a bunch of islands, but they just are co- constantly covered in ice. So it looks like it's one big. It's not really a continent in, in certain ways. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Before we get into what we've been up to, can we get some news? Is anything happening in the world? No, yeah, I, really- the world is pretty boring right now, isn't it? Nothing's going on. I mean, three, Florida. Three really quick news items. We've got. Spike Lee releases his trailer for The Five Bloods, which has come to Netflix on June 12th. The Five Bloods? The Five Bloods, about this African-American vets 
who go back to Vietnam for some gold they bury when they were there. Okay. Real story? No. <laughs> I like that, but no, this is fictional. It makes me think of uh, three, three Kings a little bit, or is it Three Kings? Yeah, Three Kings. Yeah. Oh, they are there looking was, for gold in that, aren't they? Or something? Yeah. Something like that. There is a trailer for, oh, not trailer, a poster for Old Guard, the Charlize Theron movie based on a comic book uh, that debuts on Netflix July 10th about these immortals that live forever who use their powers to help people who can't, like, think of like the A-team, like they're helping people who can't afford to be helped. Um, but also, you know, the problem comes with living forever is trying to hide your identity. And so they run to those things. But it's based on a comic, and that's July 10th. And CW has a bunch of superhero shows. The Flash, Arrow just ended, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, and Batwoman, led by Ruby Rose. That's her name? Ruby Rose, right? You know what I'm talking about? If you're talking to me, no. If you're talking Ruby to Rose. Me, yeah, her name is Ruby Rose. She was in um, Orange, Orange the New Black, a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, she's she's exiting the show. She's Batwoman, and she's exiting. She's leaving the show before season two. That's not Don't a good sign. She's le- they said they're going to recast the main role. Well, here's the thing. I mean, given that it's comics, there has to have been like 12 Batwomen, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. So do you think that it doesn't make sense to recast it as much as put in a new Batwoman? That would that would make more sense well, than to just act like it's the same one. Following that idea, like maybe that was the point. Like we're only going to have one Batwoman per every two years and then we're no, going to move to the next she's, one. She's leaving. It's not, it wasn't a plan. She's exiting the show. We don't know. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's pregnant. No. That woman can be pregnant. I, I mean, she. I mean, she can be, but th- I mean, it would be very difficult to film around. People shoot around pregnancies all the time. I don't think that's it either. <laughs> that's like that's like routine to shoot around pregnancies all the time. I, I mean, I have pregnancy on the mind because we were watching Little Fires everywhere. Yeah. So like like literally right before we started recording, there was like a pregnant belly. So maybe that's why that came to mind. But you you put someone else in a Batwoman suit to do all the action. They're in a mask, and then you do all her scenes. Where you're Shoulders just up. Hiding her, yeah, you're you're hiding her belly. You're positioning her around set. Okay, it was a bad idea, guys. It was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's ways to work around that. Or let Batwoman be pregnant in the show. That's not no, compelling television. They'll have little bat babies. <laughs> She's not actually a bat. Yeah, not how that works. Maybe the dad is. Uh, I, we'll probably find out more <laughs> about why she left the show. Or Did she start COVID? Kenan, you have to leave now. You are kicked out of the show. Sorry. You are the one who Sorry, insinuated friends. that she Kenan had sex with a bat. Kicked out of the show. Just because his jokes belong in the 80s. All the news that I have. Okay, that's some news. I have some sad news, which is my very favorite um, sandwich shop slash cookie is never to be had again. Specialties? 
specialties. They have my favorite sandwich ever. They're also my favorite caterers, like when I'm at a meeting and they're providing the lunch. That's my favorite of like, oh, what's for lunch? Oh, shit, yeah. Like they have good sandwiches for that. Um, I love the sandwich that I always get. And their milk chocolate cookies are my favorite. Like just they are, well, I don't know. There's also Chebby's. Um, <laughs> but they're different. Those are different. But in terms of just like, what's your favorite milk chocolate cookie? Milk chocolate chip cookie? It's specialties. And today we're recording Friends on Tuesday, May 19th. And all day I was like, I got to get my last specialties order. And I kept being like, okay, I got to do it. Got to do it. And I didn't actually get around to trying to get food until like 5.30 or 6. You can order the cookie mix. <laughs> it's not the same if I make it. I'm just saying, if you want it, you can order the cookie mix. Honestly, the, the sandwich is what I'm more sad about. Um, but yeah, so I tried to order it. And by the time I got to my phone... It was closed on the very last day forever, permanently. So sad. So sad. Moment of it's silence. It's one of those where it's like, I just, if I had known that the last sandwich I had was going to be the last one, I would have, I don't know, enjoyed it more. This is something that people say when somebody passes. If yeah. I had known this was the last time. Yep, yeah, True. It's a good lesson to like appreciate the moments that you're in. Let's let's be optimistic. Maybe they can come back. I mean, permanently means permanently. If you come back, then. But permanently, it wasn't permanently. permanently means permanently, except for that we don't know what the future holds. Yeah, how can anybody ever say something's permanent? They don't know. Just like the XFL. Or Sharpie. <laughs> or what? Sharpie. Like the pens? Yeah, per- their permanent marker. But oh, Kenan oh. showed me that you can get rid of Sharpie with alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the other news. What have you guys been up to? What are you doing? What are you thinking about reading, wishing? What you watching? Um, okay. First of all, I rode my bike home from work for the first time Good this job, year. Kenan. It's about a... It should only take me 45 minutes, but I'm out of shape. So it took me like an hour and 10, but it's a really great ride and it stays light out now until almost nine. Kendon, we are amongst friends. Tell the truth. It took you longer than an hour and 10 minutes. No, no, no. The actual riding took longer when I saw there was a brand new Euro place (laughs) and I hadn't had dinner. There was an additional delay, but my riding... My writing was a little was more like an hour and ten minutes. Tim, I sent him a text like, "How are you biking and texting at the same time?" Which is a ridiculous thing to say because you can stop writing and no, text. Two hands on the bike at all times. Even when you're not moving. I don't know. Yeah, it was just a ridiculous thing when I saw it pop up. Anyways, so there's that. Also, um, it's very lonely at work right now. But when I go in, like in between meetings, in between um, different work things. I've been putting together some really awesome Lego sets. So I put together the International Space Station, which obviously has some relevance to the work I did. And a bunch of the people who I work with, uh, who I sent a picture to, were really excited about that. Um, I also have the women of NASA on the way. And um, 
the lunar lander, the Apollo 11 lunar lander, and then some really cool dinosaurs. Actually, I was laughing when the dinosaurs showed some dinosaur skeletons because, you know, I'm still a little kid at heart. I love spaceships and dinosaurs. <laughs> what did you say? I don't love, what's the thing that you used to like? And you're like, I don't love them as much as I love dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, not sure. Something. He's grape like, juice? I got over that. <laughs> <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> Not like oh my god, dinosaurs. I was a grape juice fiend when I was a kid. Um, but as far as media, the, the only big thing that I watched, and I made Shalia watch with me, and she was very skeptical most of the way through it. And what you're about to say is very related to the things that you've been making with your Legos. Like, all the space stuff. Yes. <laughs> we watched a documentary called Behind the Curve, which is about flat earthers. People who do not believe that our planet is round um who believe there's a large conspiracy to hide this fact and to convince us all that the world is flat Tim, or to hide the fact that the world is flat did you know that one of the main people who like leads wait first of all tim mm-hmm. what is the shape of the earth round Okay, so just checking because <laughs> it turns out like oh yeah, who knows? and friends, if we're we do not mean to offend, um, but did you know Tim that like one of the leaders of the flat Earth like current, um, not movement but like movement research and community is from here. Oh yeah, he's most from of what, the which island again? Whitby Island. Whitby most island. of the documentary is based, and it's kind here. of funny. <laughs> It's kind of funny because he lives with his he lives in, with his mom and like broadcasts from her basement. Like yeah. he's very. Did you wait? Have you seen this? Have you seen this documentary? No, no I have. You not. should watch this documentary. It's first of all, there's very few documentaries. We're gonna be kind of harsh on flat earthers here. Sorry, but um, there's very few documentaries that I've seen where you can see, like in it, that the document the documentarians the the movie makers have disdain for the people like i don't know about disdain yes i mean they literally called it behind the curve <laughs> and the way that they cut from th- they the I, I okay this is kind of an obvious point but also i think a really important point is at one point i was watching something and i was like oh wait a second there's a documentary i was like every single thing that they put on the screen they did on purpose right so when they cut from somebody saying something and then they cut to somebody else. I, I wish I could remember what the um, example well, there is was. Definitely the like. They think there's some conspiracy, and <laughs> there's no way to prove to them that it's not the case. <laughs> Basically, they would cu- they would like, cut I, between I scenes like or between people in a way that made them look ridiculous, like really ridiculous, and undercut them. And I don't believe it. I, I don't believe the world is flat, but it's really interesting what they believe. Um, and in particular that basically if the, what the flat earth would look like is the North pole is in the middle and Antarctica, which we were talking about earlier is not a continent. It's actually a giant ice wall, right? That, that surrounds which makes sense. Cause it's a whole bunch of islands. Sort of. It's like the wall from, from game of Thrones mm-hmm. is what they're envisioning. And that really the earth is a terrarium kind of thing. So imagine a giant dome. So, the, and then what else was it? Oh, and that the sun and the moon are moving around almost like 
the um, the hour and the minute hand on a clock. It's wild stuff. And they're like, well, how does gravity work? Well, apparently it's accelerating at a constant rate upwards. And that's what where gravity comes from. But so, somebody, like a scientist points out, I was like, if that was happening, you would very rapidly, like within weeks or months, reach the speed of, of light. <laughs> so that's clearly not what's going on. And the other, the other real funny thing I, I, I liked is that he says Neil deGrasse, he, he's talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he's like, actually, we consider him um, he who should not, oh, he, how do they say Voldemort? He sh- who should not be named or something like that. It's like, we don't like to say his name around here. <laughs> because he says, so if it, um, it's in the documentary, and you might have seen it, but like, Neil deGrasse Tyson's like, you want to improve gravity? And he holds up the mic and drops it. And he's like, that's gravity, bitches. <laughs> it's funny. So anyways, um, at the end of the doc, is it? Don't can you spoil it. a documentary? No, Let friends watch it because it's worth watching. Something very, very fun, hap- interesting happens at the end of this documentary. Um, but I really, I appreciate their commitment to the idea and their attempt to prove it. So anyways, it was really fun. Shalia, you seemed really skeptical that I even started it, but you seemed to have gotten uh, won over by the, by the, because I mean, uh, the characters are fun. They're all fun people. They had me at Whippy Island. Oh, okay. And his mom is in it and she's wearing a Seahawks hat and that's awesome. It was a, it was a fun watch. Oh, and everybody has cats. Um, including oh, one of them where it like looked like our cat Panthro and I'm like Panthro you're cheating on us what wouldn't you tell me you would like got in a movie there is something about this the so flat funny. earth community and cats I don't think I saw anybody with dogs I didn't see any dogs. and the main guy's mom they like they're constantly interviewing them like together with her sitting there and she clearly clearly does not believe it <laughs> she's didn't you get that impression Shalia yeah, she's just it, like, I want the truth to be. She's just like, this is what my son's yeah. into. Anyway, <laughs> we don't want to give too much away. Friends, I, we actually really enjoyed it. It's on hope Netflix. you watch it. If you are a flat earther, I hope you're not offended by what we said. Feel free to try to convince us um, that we're wrong. Um, not me. Be interesting. Don't, you don't want to be convinced, Tim? No, I'm good. I don't want to be convinced. It means my life's work has been all... A lie. I mean, I don't think it would matter to me, really, except for that, like, my one hope in life right now is that we can escape if we need to. And so if we can't, that's a problem. But um. But the interesting thing, the, the interesting takeaway here is I think that there is a desire to go for some people to go back to the idea. And this is like a legit idea that that our planet, our world is the center of things, right? Like Samoans. Yes. Polynesians. That requires explanation. We'll talk about it later, friends. You'll, yeah. it, it makes sense. Um, but I think that there's that, that, like, there used to be, like, the, the Earth-centric model. There used and to it was be. Like, and it really makes you more important because humanity is more important because clearly they're the, the center of being. Um, so I, th- I, that's what I, I don't think they yeah, said that. It's earth centric the... versus a solar system. Yeah. I don't think they said it in the documentary, but that was my takeaway. So mm-hmm. anyways, very entertaining. We recommend it. Um, for me, I also recommend a seven minute movie. Tim, have you watched this is John? No. Okay. Do you know what it is? 
No idea. Never heard of it. So it is a seven-minute movie that was premiered at Sundance years and years ago by the Duplass brothers. Yep, I know who they are. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't. I recognize um, one of them because he's an actor, so I've seen him and stuff, but I didn't realize like they're movie makers as well. And so they released this film for seven minutes that cost them $3 to make. And um, it's, I learned about it because remember I told you guys about this new podcast I was listening to, um, Unlocking Us, I think is it, with uh, Brene Brown. So she was like featuring them um, last week or sometime recently, um, interviewing them and stuff. And so they're brothers who grew up together in New Orleans and now they make movies together. And one of the things they talked about was this is John. So this is John is seven minutes. You can watch it on YouTube. And it is a guy who comes home, checks his messages on his answering machine, like the actual like physical box answering machine with the little like tape inside um, and decides to record a new greeting. So all seven minutes is, this is John. I'll call you back when I can. This is John. Here's my name. Here's my number. Sorry, Mr. Call. And basically has a breakdown while trying to <laughs> record his greeting, basically. It is wonderful. And so were they. So I only listened to the episode about them um, in that podcast, but it was based on like a book that they wrote together. And you know how I am a sucker for the sibling bond. So I really enjoyed listening to them talk about making the book and like their lives. And it made me reach out to my sisters and be like, I'm thinking about you guys. Um, so that's what I was doing. It was like a new favorite sibling group right now is them. And I watched, this is John as soon as I got home. So, and Kenan, you watched it too. Did you I enjoy did. it? Um, no, <laughs> he's like, what are we watching? What is this? Like, I didn't, don't worry, it's seven minutes of your time. I didn't get the point of this. <laughs> it's interesting that I've heard of the Duplass brothers like several times. I don't think I recognize any of their movies. Yeah, yeah. Like what? That they've done? As an I don't think I've seen any of their movies that, that they've made. So they're Netflix for sure. They've been doing stuff. Um, transparent togetherness you know mark i know mark from acting from the league right yeah league. and others other things too making safety not guaranteed yeah one of my favorites uh the one i love which is a really good movie yeah so. no i like I, I think i like mark duplass from from his acting as far as their movies i'm not I'm not really familiar with much of it well if you listen to this most recent podcast episode um where they're they're interviewed basically you will love them i sent it to you uh kendon i think um yeah. so that's what i've been up to is like having another sibling group to be like yeah you guys are awesome tim what are you doing um i we've been watching upload on oh. amazon mm-hmm it's a pretty fun series so far. I'm only like five episodes in, so I've been watching that. Um, and then I just watched Maid of Honor for the first time today. What? Never seen it. What Wait. Why would I watch that? I would have never watched that movie. Sorry, which one is Maid of Honor? One Patrick Dempsey. 
and Michelle Monaghan. Patrick Dempsey, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. And she she's getting married, and he's in love with her, but he's the maid of honor. Do you remember me posing? I remember this. Um, you know how they have the cardboard cutouts at the movie theaters? And I posed with him, like, hey, I'm on a date with Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> remember that I'm so jealous. so jealous. Before what did we... you think? Huh? What did you think? It was funny. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Fred Willard, who passed away. We all know. Huh? What do we know him from? Um, he did a bunch of voiceover work. He's been in a bunch of comedies. He was an anchorman. You know Fred Willard if you've seen him. And I rest in peace to Lynn Shelton, who's a local director. Holy Ryder. shit, Fred Willard? Yes, Fred Willard. That guy passed away this weekend. Oh, oh no. He's from Oh. A lot of stuff. Timmy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta deliver the sad news slower. We <laughs> can keep up. He was in This Is Spinal Tap, and that's one of the ones we got, we gotta do soon. Yeah, okay. he's good. And Lynn Shelton, who her connection, she's done a bunch of work with Mark Duplass. She, um, she's local, so whenever she has stuff, she was always here. So I interviewed her like three times, and she was the sweetest person, kind creative she did four episodes of little fires everywhere she did my sister's sister which is a great film um she did mark maron's latest latest um stand up episodes of shameless new girl laggy the movie laggies the movie hump day now she is young ish 54 <sighs> yeah so she was Really great. Just uh, it, it was it was beautiful to see when she passed this weekend. How many of her contemporaries spoke about how talented she was and sort of what she brought to people? And it was it was all kind of different people. So whether it was Mark Duplass or um, Ava DuVernay, it was all kinds of people talking about her, how great she was. So she's definitely a lot here locally for sure, and a lot of the film industry. She was very talented and and full of life and funny. And we always had interesting conversations before and after we interviewed. It was always something interesting to talk about, something fun to talk about. So deeply missed, super bummed. Um, she was one of my favorite people to talk to. This is so, terrible. Yeah. Rest in peace to Lynn Shelton. Since you guys are watching Little Fires Everywhere and talk about Mark Dupas, it reminded me. It's a great wow. show. Episodes of it. That's like half the season. Wow. Well, and like, so Little Fires Everywhere, Tim, you know, I'm on episode five and loving it. I don't know. Sorry. Episode six. Episode five, minute 41-ish, 41 to 44 is like, I loved it so much. I like stopped what I was doing, paused it and was like, what is the timestamp on this? Because I have to refer to it later. Yeah. It's It's a good show. Um, but yeah, so that plus Mad Men and Glow, which I really enjoyed. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. New Girl, Wendy Park. Man, this is terrible. Yeah. 54. And safety 54. not guaranteed, which is a connection to the Duplass brothers. Yeah. Because that's from yes. their production company. Yep. Man. Well, yes. Rest in peace to both of these 
man, wonderful people, creatives. Oh man. Okay. Hmm. That's really disappointing. Um, what else are you doing, Tim? <laughs> Nothing else, really. Bad rom-coms. I think last week I finished watching... Uh, I watched Morning Glory, which I've never seen, which was actually pretty entertaining. With Rachel McAdams and... Uh, what else was in that? That was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I saw that one. But I do... I did see... My neighbor Totoro, and I feel like right now with my down heart, <laughs> my sad heart, it's perfect timing to move into my neighbor Totoro because it'll make you feel better, right? Yeah. Tim, what did you think of my neighbor Totoro? That was all right. I didn't love it like everybody else. That was fun. Hmm. Let's start with who made it, and then we're going to get into why you didn't love it. Who's going to tell us the details? We already said it's a Miyazaki film from... Studio Ghibli? Ghibli. 88, Studio Ghibli. The version we watched was dubbed by Dakota Fanning. And <laughs> and and, yes, and sister. Yeah. Uh, any other? Um, oh, uh, the score. He, uh, Oski? Hiroski? Hold on. I can pull it up sort of quickly. Yeah, Joe Hisaishi did this uh most of the songs here um and then there's also azumi inoi mm -hmm. so the totoro totoro that's <laughs> that's azumi inoi shalia made me but stop it and, Joe, and change it to the japanese version of the song i did yeah so in the beginning we watched the blu-ray so it's like the menu that spins and there's mm -hmm. like stuff happening and i was like stop turn it back to Japanese so we can hear how it's supposed to sound here because it was a good song and we watched that and then we turned it back to English um dubbed for the movie and then we switched it back to Japanese for the um post-credit story not post-credit the credits story what do you call that like during the credits when they like tell you years into the future Sorry. epilogue epilogue mm -hmm. Okay, so who wants to tell our friends about our neighbor Totoro? I think I can do this one. All right, Kendon, what is My Neighbor Totoro about? My Neighbor Totoro is about two young girls. One of them is about four or five, right? And the other one is probably closer to 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. um, they've moved to out, kind of to a house out in the country because their mother is sick and she's at a hospital nearby um and it's about them kind of adjusting to this new life it's kind of a a little bit of a coming of age story at least for the older sister um that's about i mean that's about it so they there's kind of a magical world 
element to it that we're not actually we are sure that it actually exists this is not it's not like oh is this in their minds or anything like it exists i don't know that the adults ever see it like they're they're these magical elements are easier to hide or like like hide from adults but they're physically there um and one of the major ones is this big not bear like what would you call him bear yeah i'll just say bear for now um named uh totoro well the little girl gives him the name totoro but he really he's the spirit of the forest i believe um and they befriend him he's quirky this movie is kind of not about that much and this movie is about life plot wise i'm interjecting this movie is about life and the difficulties of being a young girl with a sick mom and like taking care of your little sister and about that. yes it is she's like that's, okay i made you lunch we're gonna like be the brave person we're gonna be like that's in the film. yeah these things happen it's about. <laughs> yes it is about that it's all about the sisters it is about, about the sisters yes about the sisters yes yeah about any of those details it's just about these two sisters these two sisters that's- and of like the most difficult part of their life this part of their life where their mom isn't with them and so the older one is taking care of the younger one they're moving to a new place, like all this adversity in terms of like figuring it out, and their mom's not there. Yeah, I don't know if it's about that. Like that stuff happens, but I never got the feeling that it was like that's what the movie's trying to tell us. So that's that's the journey we're on. We kind of just see these two girls existing during this moment in their life, but I don't feel like it's that's the narrative that the the movie has. And I would say to, I would say to friends, we we seem like we're going like kind of debating this back and forth. To me, this is not a negative on the movie. No, not at no, all. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But what do you do? You do you think it's about anything, or do you not? It's just about, it's just it's a story about these two sisters. I don't think it's about anything. It's a story about these two sisters, and this is what's happening in their life. They're clearly the central characters. It's not even really about Totoro. Mm-hmm. Really Totoro's not even in it that Totoro's not in it very long. And it's a lot of them. the things that you might expect from like I, I'm just gonna say like an American movie or, or like a more typical story here is not the case. Like the mother is sick. She first of all, the we the mother's not there at the beginning. So I was like, oh, is this one of those um I'm trained on Disney, I guess. It's like, right. oh, the parent's not there. But she's around, she's sick, she's not deathly sick. She's right? enough. I mean, she's they think the she might be. Well, they they kind know. of do, but they kind of don't. They're like, oh, it's getting worse. It's getting... But she comes back. Like, they're not like, oh, this is the end. She's not on her deathbed. She's just not well. This is really interesting. This was 1988? Yes. I'm having, like, a moment of clarity here. Because this movie was amazing to me. And I'm realizing, like, one of if you had said, like, Shalia, do you want to make a story of like the most difficult time in your life? It's gonna be my older sister taking care of me and my little sister, my mom being really sick, and us like figuring out how to live. And our dad is there, but he's not like on the same level as us. And like, it like the the one member one of the memories that like we always have is like my older sister hosting my birthday party because my mom wasn't there and making us 
my birthday cake out of rancid oil because we didn't know that oil could go bad. Huh. And so she made me my birthday cake. Like she tried so hard and we all ate it and we're like, this doesn't taste good. What's wrong? And that's when we learned that rancid, like oil can be bad. So I think for some kids, this might be very, there's Relatable. a strong message to this, <laughs> well, but maybe not everybody. It's not for everyone. I think there's value that comes out of it. And maybe there is, but he even, I feel like the director even says that he didn't make it with a purpose. Like he just, like, so I would say, Tim, did you go through any like major instability growing up? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I didn't. So maybe that like, like Shalia's like thinking about Shalia, Shalia's mother has been sick um, when she was growing up. Shalia's got the sister who older sister who's taking care of her. This, I guess you can identify with this stuff a whole lot more. Plus it's in Japanese and like, majority japanese growing up so maybe this was just for me but i want to say i want to read the <laughs> the uh david david jenkins review of this from letterboxd.com <laughs> i don't know but actually it was a slash film cast talked about this and he read the review and this got me to finally be like i need to watch this movie because i'm so fascinated and everybody loves it this is the entirety of the review no plot no central character, no antagonist, no defined purpose for side characters, no threat, no three acts, no jokes, no punchline, no explanations, no internal references, no catchphrases, no political polemical voice, no melodrama, no lessons, no beginning, no end. One of the best films ever made. Yes. I, I mean, it, it was to me just sitting and watching a week or so in somebody's life. Yeah. And and it's like it's not her imaginary friend. That's what I kind of appreciated. He's not the imaginary friend. He exists. Um the actually my favorite thing was the cat bus. The cat bus is a, just a wonderful thought. And it is also it I was I just keep assuming that I knew what was going on. It's like, oh, it's like the encroachment of man into the forest and uh, maybe these creatures are losing their place, but they're not. It's not. It, it's not any of that. There's none. Of, like I, I shouldn't have come in trying to put any sort of like framework on it. It was just a bunch of events, and it was wonderful. In these two girls' lives, who are sisters? Now I will admit, out of the Miyazaki movies I've watched so far, which I think are just uh, what Princess Mononoke, um, Castle in the Sky, and this. I don't expect to return to this movie except for maybe with kids. I wouldn't return to this movie on my own. Like, I feel like I've seen it and I'm ready to watch a different one. Kenda doesn't know he's about to watch this a lot. I'm Shalia watch this doesn't a lot. know she's about I to start it, so it and I'm going to leave the room. So, okay. Also, for anybody who's a friend listening, who is also a friend of mine when we were little, my favorite thing to do, like playing Barbies, was like, can we just play? Like, can we not have a goal and not have a, because we would start and be like, okay, we all got to get ready for prom and this is going to happen. And like, we have to play out these like dramas. And I would like, my favorite was like, could we just wake up and be and like make breakfast and then go to school and <laughs> just have like regular, and then there would like be drama starting and be like, let's step, like walk away from that and get back to just kind of like life. And um, 
that's what this movie is. And it's amazing. And I love it. But also it's not easy. Life is hard. So Kenan um, read from that movie review and I'm not disagreeing with any of it. But he says that there's no antagonist. And my thing is like antagonist is life. Life is fucking hard and you have to survive. That's the antagonist. An antagonist is a character. You're talking about like a challenge. But even then, that's not really... I, that was not my takeaway from the film, that life was hard. You're watching them go through a piece of their section of life that's hard, but they're living with their dad, they're loved, they're cared for. Their mom is sick, but she's okay. The dad was competent. I appreciated yeah. that. And they're, and they're adjusting to this new life. Although he kind of did just like sit there and like crazy stuff was happening outside of the window. And he was just kind of like not quite catching that they were on top of a tree with a giant bear. And also 1988, like how difficult. He missed the bus or missed the train, which then meant he had to catch a later train to then catch the bus. His little kids were standing there by themselves for a very long time. Like I, he couldn't have stopped them from doing that, but. But they also were, that also indicates to me like if you kind of take the inference that it was safe for them to do so. Yeah, but still, and their also, little legs were so tired. It kind of indicates a certain sort of a certain sense of duty that I'm not sure that is as prevalent in our society. It was like, it's our duty to, to duty is is not quite the word I'm looking for. Or obligation. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like this is what we, we we're here because our dad needs an umbrella, and this is the right thing for us to do. I appreciated that. Um, throughout where they would reference how like respectful and polite yeah. they were and I'm like yes thank you like that's right and like they returned to the umbrella um, and yeah they, they were able to have these rambunctious kids rambunctious I don't know, like who are out like really energetic and curious and, but they also they weren't they didn't fall into the stereotype of the adults being around them being exasperated with them like it didn't have to be that sort of um antagonistic essentially thing mm -hmm. they knew when to behave and then like they just went out and did kid stuff it reminds me of like like a, of being a kid like going out into the woods like doing all this stuff and it th there is no particular purpose to it if we had a found a giant bear that flew into the sky with us that would have been just a thing that happens but your parents um, have been like hey let's go meet them <laughs> I, I love that about the dad Oh, yeah. He did just say, hey, I'm gonna go climb. But the other thing is that, okay, first of all, I, all of the the adults seemed to, I, okay, what are those things they called them? They called them a mix between dust bunnies and they had another term for it. Do you remember what it was? Uh, soot yeah, gremlins? Was it soot gremlins? Yes, soot gremlins. Um, so first of all, Shalia was scared. She was like, is this house haunted? Like, what's going on? Because they were on? saying ghosts. And I'm like, well, what are we watching? Well, it's just, it's, so there, these, there was just an awesome idea, right? It's like these, it's why does a house kind of get grimy? Not even mm -hmm. grimy, but like kind of dusty, whatever, um, when it's been sitting around for a long time. And they've given it kind of this, this uh, they've, uh, what's the term? They've kind of animated it, given it life. It's like, oh, these these creatures exist. And then Shalia was like scared of them because it was kind of creepy every time they go into a new room and they shuffle yeah. away. And then she was kind of sad because she, the, one of the kids accidentally killed one. And then they were all leaving and Shalia was like, oh, initially it was sad that they all had to leave their home. And I was like, this is just migration for them, right? 
birds move from one place to another. There's another vacant house somewhere else. It's the circle of life. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah. they, but like, the adult, yeah, the, 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 the adult, the grandma lady, she mentioned them. And I was like, oh, is she just, um, is this just like an old wives tale or like kind of a, no, 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 they're, they're real. They're just a thing. Like, I really like it. It lives in this, in this magical world with that's very rooted in reality it's like oh there's a few magical things going reminds me a little bit of pokemon honestly mm-hmm. right it's like yeah the world is normal and then also we've got mon- like these weird monsters that are kind of animals kind of sentient we fight them like sure like can we talk about the bus stop and how wonderful it was when Totoro like is revealed like right because it starts with may may's like Totoro's real like this happened and they're all like we we don't think you're lying but we haven't seen it. Trust but verify. And then May falls asleep and like here comes Totoro in the rain with that silly little right. leaf on his head. Why is he wearing a leaf on his head? <laughs> Standing there. It was so good. It was so great. I wish I could quote exactly because another podcast really dug into this movie. But the, the idea is... Are you talking is, about Slash again? No. Oh. Um, uh What was that? Blank check. Blank check. Check because, it out. Which is what got me interested in finally watching all these Miyazaki movies. But like they talk about uh, Miyazaki's talking about how he's like the uh, Totoro's like the spirit of the forest, and he doesn't understand why you would even use an umbrella. Like the water falling on you is part of the point, basically. Mm-hmm. Then why does he have a leaf on his head? I think it's just well, I think it's just a hat. <laughs> he's from the forest <laughs> and then he has the umbrella and is like oh and he loves the sound of the rain like those big puddles hitting the umbrella this movie is so great for like all senses like it's a little asmr like it was i'm it like is. yes i know what you're talking about here i love that too honestly maybe just because we're talking about the bus scene but on a real rainy day like not a storming day not the, the crappy, like, light mist that we get in Seattle, but a real, like, raindrop day, I would put this on and probably cook something and hang out on the couch. This is the perfect mood for, like, movie for that. Pretty sure it was raining when we were watching it. Was it? It was a rainy day. <laughs> All right, Tim, what are your thoughts on this movie? I thought it was fine. Um, <laughs> I like the animation. I thought everything looked really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have any favorite moments in this film. Rain, the bus stop scene is great with the rain and Totoro's fun. Um, trying to think. The, I like the opening. The opening was really cool too. You it's mean like, the song? Yeah. The song, the music was was better than, what was the other one we watched? Um, Castle, Castle in the Sky. Crane in the Sky. That's Solange. Castle in the Sky. Castle uh, in the Sky. I like the music was better. The music was nice. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Is this one, yeah. this one was later. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was really cool the way that they explored the house. Showed two kids exploring a new environment. Yeah. Uh, Miyazaki did talk about how a house, especially for a kid, when it, it's, it's so big before you've moved anything into it, and they just explore. And like Shalia said, she would have been like, fuck, no. Like, <laughs> the kids just will, he's like, uh, check out what's in the bit in the uh, attic. And they just go up there. Yeah. Like, there's there's, up there. there's not, like, they don't have any reason to be scared of any of this stuff. And nothing's particularly menacing, which is fun. No. Yeah. 
know what's funny is I, I'm only familiar with Totoro just from seeing t-shirts and stuffed animals and artwork. But that's my introduction to Totoro. What's and you can see movie? why, right? Yeah. I did, it, every Comic-Con, you see a bunch of Totoro stuff. People dress like Totoro. People wearing Totoro dresses. People making artwork, kids, all kinds of stuff. I feel like he's almost the Mickey Mouse of Studio Ghibli. And what's interesting is they didn't design him as such. And uh, Miyazaki was very anti um, market, not marketing. What's the term I'm looking for? France, uh, uh, merchandising. There we go. He's very like anti merchandising. And it took a lot. Basically, he turned down merchandising for years and years until somebody basically like made a prototype and sent it and was like, this could be really good. Like, and he was like, okay, I. But even that, they have like a quota on how much merchandising can be made. They're not, they're the Disney of Japan as far as the output of movies, but not as far as the output of just all types of merchandising and stuff like that, which I find is interesting because he almost seems like he is designed to sell t-shirts and plushies and all that other stuff. Did you tell him about the bed? There's a Totoro bed, Tim, that you're just supposed yes. to like put on the floor and lay on it. It's like a sleeping bag, but also- It looks bed. like a bean bag. I want it so bad. Ken, I wanted to give it to my niece, and I'm like, no, she won't appreciate it like I will. I want to show this movie to, to um, our niece. Okay, what did you guys think about the scene when May runs away? Well, if we're getting close to our favorite parts, it involves my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> okay, what, what is your favorite things about this movie, guys? Aside from everything, the tree was awesome. Um, in this case, my, my favorite, I think my favorite like moment is when the cat shuttle or when the cat bus shows up and she's like, take me to May, take me to my sister. And the little, the little indicator of, of the destination that flips around, it flips just to May. It doesn't flip to a location. It flips and says May. And they get in and, and it takes her directly to her sister. And it was like, this is like, Oh, is this going to be a heavy emotional, like, like, oh, we're running everywhere to try to find her. Oh, she's in danger. No, the cat just took her there. It just took her there. But and we then, had a preview of it when the cat picks up Totoro from the bus stop and you're like, what the heck? And then it goes and like the path, like the road keeps going and it just like goes up over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this cat just goes where it wants. Didn't you say that's very, it did, some, it did something that you said was very cat-like. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, that was good. I agree. Um, Tim, do you have a favorite thing? I know you said you don't think you do, but maybe you do now. I don't think I do. Um, I think. Like the beginning when they're exploring the house and they're running around and they see the little dusty things. Just sort of getting to know everything before Totoro showed up I really liked. Not that he made the movie bad. But it was just getting to know these characters. There's, there's no real sort of plot. It's just like, here are these people, and you get to know these people. You get a sense of who the dad is. You learn the mom is sick. You've got the, the old lady maid, who they call Granny. Did they call her Grandma? What do they call her? They call her Granny or something like that, yeah. Granny, yeah. Oh, Granny. It just was fun being with those characters. I think it would have been... Characters do a bunch of other stuff. I think it would have been fun for me to have seen this either when I was much younger or some way to have gone into it without all of the preconceived and baggage that I have from movies like this 
and to have watched it for what it was without trying to put any sort of other movie framework on it. Mm-hmm. This is why I want to show it to our niece because she's four. Yeah, I loved this movie, you guys. Like, this was amazing. I was like on the edge of my seat, really nervous. Seeing? Yeah. Was it your first time? Yeah, it was my first time for sure. It was all three of our first times then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't know what this was going to be. Um, I think Salia was kind of skeptical when I started trying to push these Miyazaki movies. And so far, you've loved both of them, right? Um, or did you more I, just like really like the first I think one? I really liked Castle in the Sky. This I loved. Like I just, I loved this movie so much. There's, there's, there's a certain type of person gonna be okay with the type of film they're not your standard films especially yeah. if you've grown up under like pixar and disney they're just not the same structured differently the, the animation is different like you sort of have to forget all of that it was nice in. paced though like part of me like that's why i like it is like i i have all of this other stuff that follows all of this yeah. same formula and then this is just like something different that i can enjoy and like the girls plant the acorns and are like oh well we'll see what happens fall asleep and then they like have this like nighttime adventure with Totoro and the other two I I don't know if they ever had names of like helping the like pulling the leaves out of the ground and like with a dance with a dance and I just it was just so fun and like you know can you mention like with the um dust bunnies or the what do we call them so Grim- yeah, the soot gremlins, like of these, like old wives' tales type of thing. Like, I feel like that type of like pulling the plants out of the earth, and like there, I, I, I get the impression that there's a lot in this that, um, growing up in that culture, you would recognize. Okay, so I was guess. about I to mention know. that, but one first thing that I want to say is, we watch this the way we watch a lot of Japanese movie, or Japanese movies Subbed with the subtitles dubbed. going and the, the yeah the dub going at the same time to see whether they agree or not. So that's why we keep saying they're either soot gremlins or dust bunnies. Um, I think there's something really interesting about the media, like that I like that is influential to me because we have American media and then like off to the say, right. You have British or UK media, which I watch a lot. We watch a lot of because it's, it's in English. So it's very approachable, but it's it's got all of these different like slang and all this it's it's not it's not the united states it's slightly different and then the cool thing about japan is that it has this whole different um back cultural background like their mythology is different like when when they say their house is haunted shalia that like haunted houses bothers shalia but i'm not even sure if it was as good a at least ver- a verbal translation because they they believe in like ghosts and spirits in ways that we don't where it's like your family members are always with you it's a it's like a more positive thing in a lot of cases to be fair they also make movies like the ring and the grudge so but like um the fact that there would be spirits in the house isn't necessarily a bad thing i I don't think that they think of ghosts necessarily um what was the thing i still have business in this world so like shalia was saying the background clearly just these things have different significance and i really i really really have i really appreciated it and i was going to ask you guys so not this month but either late either late june or in july um we have i have two more movies 
one of um, one of them is called Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, and it's kind of a I think a futuristic or slash uh, what do you call it uh, post apocalyptic movie involving giant bugs and surviving uh, the surviving elements of mankind and stuff like that. Um, and we also have Kiki's Delivery Service, which is about a very young witch who moves to the city to make her way um, in the world. Uh, so I'd like to know, I'll take a poll between you guys, which one you'd like to do next. Oh, we have to figure that out now. I, I'm fine with whatever. Which one sounds better to you? Kiki's delivery service. Yeah, that's what I thought Shalila would say. But I, I'm excited to watch all of them. I heard Nausicaa re- referred to as Miyazaki's Starship Troopers. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, okay, we will we will decide for sure. Um, is anything else you guys want to say about my neighbor Totoro? It's great. Tim? No. No, nothing, nothing else you want to say? Um, I can say that the album, the soundtrack is on Spotify. So I've been listening to that like on repeat lately. It's fun. Really? Mm-hmm. It's the best song of all of them, but they're all pretty fun. And like, oh, the one with like when the um, dust monsters come out and like, when the song comes on, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I remember when it happened. So good. This was so good, you guys. Like, it's a cartoon, but it feels so true to life. Like, take your shoes off, don't wear your shoes in the house, and like the food and their feet were dirty, and the water scenes were really pretty. Like, the animation, like you said, Tim, basically was, I agree, it was really great. I think um, you growing up in Hawaii with all that Japanese influence only has to make this more relevant to you. Yeah, I'm just shocked I never or saw resonant, it. I guess is probably a better word. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you guys ready to rate it? Yep. My Neighbor Totoro, 1988. Miyazaki. Clearly a classic. Tim, classic or are we past it? Classic. Classic? Classic? Yeah. <gasps> He's I been to Comic-Con. Like he it. knows it's a classic. Mm-hmm. I understand. I, uh, whether or not, just because I didn't love it doesn't mean I don't understand how relevant the film is and its sort of impact on people. I recognize that wholeheartedly. Fair enough. I am going to say classic too. I was going to say past it because I'm like, I lived all of these years without it happening and like, meh. But it's, it's so good and it's going to change the rest of my life. Like, you know how we talk about like the current movies and we're like, is in 30 years, is it going to be a classic? This is going in like in 30 years, I'm going to still be talking about my neighbor Totoro. This is my uh, prediction. This is so good. Yeah. So absolute classic. Okay, friends. Friends, show it to your kids. <laughs> yes, show it to your friends or friends, show it to your kids um, and your parents too. They'll like it. Um, and yeah, so we have another week, friends, to work out. Tim is going to do it with you. I am not working out. You can do it, Tim. Come on, Tim. I, I know I can. The just, link that we sent no, you. No, no, no. Don't commit minutes. to the whole thing. Just do 10, 15 minutes. It was only, fun. Only first 10 minutes. You can do it. it you was can fun. do it. You got it. You got to give Richard his, uh, his, his, you know, come on. You can do one song. Um, friends, you can do some Richard Simmons. Again, Sweat into the Oldies. Sweat into the Oldies 2 are the ones that we did. Oh, we couldn't find Sweat into the Oldies 1. What we did was like this revamped version that's on YouTube and we did it and we were like, this can't be from the 80s because everybody was dressed too modern. Yeah, like it was like this, they don't look like they were in the 80s. So we don't know how to, we, we did not do sweat into the oldies. We did like a, 
new version of the Sweat into the Oldies. And, and then, then we, we did Sweat into the 80s. Oldies 2. We found an 80s video. Which 80s video? Did Sweat into the Oldies 2. Oh, oh, I got you. Um, so friends, if you find the Sweat into the Oldies, it's the one with the red tank top. That's what you want to do. But if you can't find it, do Sweat into the Oldies 2 from 1988. I think that's the blue tank top. But anyway. The links in the show notes? No, we're not going to remember that. Okay. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, maybe, we'll maybe. Try. We'll try. We'll try to do that. Um, and we will try to talk about Richard Simmons next week when, Kendon, what will we be? Totoro, Totoro. Totoro, Totoro. We'll be back. Totoro. So good.